In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In peaceful times, the Epiphany is that occasion to recall the delight we can experience in opening our eyes and our, our hearts to sacred scripture and connecting all the dots. But we don't live in peaceful times, and it's imperative to be reminded that the gospel really is the truth. Similarly, in peaceful times, the Feast of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph is a lovely opportunity <laughs> to reflect on, on how ordinary family life has been sanctified. Our Lord lived in a family. He was obedient to his mother and father. He grew in age and wisdom. But we don't live in peaceful times. And it's imperative that we remember what it means to be a family. It's all too easily battered about by priests and bishops and literally everybody who speak of the human race as a, as a family, right? As a brotherhood, as um, something that it ought to become by virtue of God's grace and the gifts of adoption and baptism. But by virtue of being born, by virtue of existing as creatures with an immortal soul, we are not a family yet. You were born the daughter, the son of your mom and dad. You're a family. But all human beings, all men and women, we aren't a family just by virtue of existing. It's not that simple. If it were, then we would make Christ irrelevant. We would make baptism superfluous. Baptism is what makes us adopted children of God. Prior to that, we are the children of our parents and the creations of God. Rather remarkable creations. In baptism, we are offered up for adoption, or we ask God to adopt us if we're over the age of seven. This is impossible without the grace that flows from the cross. You can't adopt a squirrel as your child. You can make it a part of your household. I don't know why you would. But it can't become one of your children. The disparity is even greater, of course between us and God Almighty. He is uncreated divine substance without beginning, without end. Almighty, perfect. The creator of all things. He created your soul out of nothing. 
in order for us to actually have a relationship of father and child, we have to be alike. We need to be sanctified, not just have original sin resolved, but we need to be prepared. We need sanctifying grace to prepare our soul for God to be able to dwell in us. And by virtue of that grace of adoption, God does become truly our Father. And we understand truly who we are, not just what we've become. It is God's will that everyone be baptized, that every human being have a sacramental life in the church. Not something we hear often enough in tumultuous times. It is never acceptable to leave someone in ignorance as though it's easier for them to get to heaven if they don't know the demands of the gospel. The gospel is not a demand. The gospel is a blessing. The gospel makes it possible for us to live a supernatural life which is otherwise absolutely impossible. So, of course, it's ridiculous to assume that someone without sanctifying grace can live the life that reflects the indwelling of the Holy Trinity. That's why they need to be baptized. That's why they need the gospel. When people are only concerned about behavior, they can try to come up with schemes for manipulating people's behavior into something predictable or useful or beneficial. But the purpose of the gospel and, and, the, and the sacraments is far, far greater than simply getting us to behave well. It's about making us holy transforming our souls, purifying our hearts, reflecting the presence of God. (laughs) What is worth acknowledging, to have some sympathy for people who say stupid things, people who want to talk about the human family about with you know with when they're not talking about the church or the body of Christ but when they talk about the human family as every human being we should use that as an opportunity to be reminded that every human being was made with that in mind god made every human being with the purpose that one day this person should become an adopted son or daughter of god It makes sense then that we have a yearning for it. We have an inclination towards it. We know it's a possibility. We should never think of of baptism and the sacramental life and the indwelling of the Holy Trinity as something completely 
extrinsic from who we are as human beings. It's not just simply something that comes after the fact. A human being with an attachment. Rather, think of an automobile if you like. And the only thing I can think of is either nitrous oxide or wings, but from what I can gather, sort of the same thing makes a car fly. We shouldn't think of baptism in the sacramental system as nitrous oxide or wings that are added to the car as a modification. And the car has to be taken in and cut up and and parts removed and parts inserted so that these things can happen. And it's sort of a, a, um, something other than it was before. Instead, rather think of the vehicle as already, it already has the pipes, it already has the wires, it already has the reservoir for the nitrous oxide. It just doesn't have the nitrous oxide. It was made to fly. But it was, it was made with the potential for doing something that's impossible. <laughs> There are twice we read in the sacred scripture that God predestined something. God predestined adoption through Christ. We were created. Creation came about with the purpose that human beings would become adopted children of God through Christ. And so when you are when you recognize what it means to be part of this family, the brothers and sisters who pray together, our Father, what it means to be in the body of Christ, it always means that you are a child of God, no matter what. No matter what you do and no matter where you go and no matter what happens to you, you are a child of God. And that's not a thing that is who you are. It's not something that came after the fact. It reveals why you were made. It's not just a feature or a characteristic. It is who you are. As much as the Blessed Virgin Mary reflected on all of these things in her heart. Add to that St. Joseph. Who in listening to this boy refer to the temple as his father's house. is given glimpses of what will be revealed fully after the resurrection. And who knows what 
what intuition and what inspiration led him to recognize to one degree or another that this is, this, this is not just a son of God, this is the son of God. And imagine if, if he had even the inclination that as a human being who would never be baptized in the world, that he's also, <laughs> being a son of God is who he's supposed to be. We don't know. Christ in being revealed as the second person of the Holy Trinity, discloses an impossibly beautiful mystery. At the same time, in revealing himself as Son of God, he reveals to us who we are, who we're meant to be. Not just as a a goal to strive for, but who we are if And who we become if we allow God to be God. And so with sympathy and patience for those who who wanted who who want to refer to everyone as being part of this great big human family, regarding all of us as brothers and sisters, it, it reveals the yearning of the world, of the fallen world, that wants what only Christ can give, that desires the impossible, that desires holiness, that desires perfect beauty, And so when the Lord gives us glimpses of that perfect beauty in our homes, in our church, we should, we should be made grateful. And beg the Lord that one day Baptism and the sacramental life that adopted sonship will be known by all. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, never shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.